on today's episode of 22 at the Lips, we'll be interviewing. I'll be. I'll be interviewing Adam. Adam, how do I say your last name? Because I always say Stanchek. I know that's not it. That is it. That is it? That is it. Okay, good. Because I was just like, I saw it spelt out when I was clearing. And I'm like, Stanchek? No, we'll just not say There's too many letters, too many (laughs) syllables. It should be harder than that, but it's fine. You know, Louisiana, it's like Stanchek or Stanchok. (laughs) Robert or Robert. David or David. Herbert or Ebear. <laughs> so I have Adam Stanchek with me. Adam was at the company we work at. Um, he was one of the paramedics that I cleared with, and I was super impressed. I gave you raving reviews. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you probably never read it, but they were good. I never got them. <laughs> they don't give us the nice ones. <laughs> The only the bad ones. <laughs> it was very well thought out. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So Adam is a solid paramedic from what I've seen. Um, Low-key, uh, what I experienced when I had to be transported via ambulance. I don't remember 99% of it, but I knew you had my back when I was like, Hey, Adam, uh, don't want to be a bother. <laughs> Are you working? <laughs> I need help. <laughs> Nothing like getting the 40-year-old smoker voice. Hey, I think I'm in anaphylaxis. <laughs> uh, what? So I appreciate this guy on many levels. Adam, if you want to introduce yourself, tell the people who you are, what you stand for. Go ahead, my guy. So my name is Adam. I've been in EMS since 2009. Um, I've bounced around from anywhere from working on an ambulance, uh, in plant fire departments, municipal fire departments, hospitals, occupational medicine, uh, safety, rescue, and then regular blue collar because I got tired of it. But uh, 2020, COVID, all that, I came back to EMS, decided, you know, this is where I belong. Went to paramedic school, completed paramedic school uh, December of 21, and have been working in the wonderful state of Louisiana since 2022 uh, as the PIC on a unit um, where I got to meet you. Yeah. Um, I also obtained my FTO. I'm also... CISM or CSI, it's the same thing. They just like to change the name and move the letters around. But it is Critical Incident Stress Management or Critical Stress Incident Team, um, where when you have a bad call, bad situation at work, at a home, I'm one of the people, uh, one of your peers, co-workers that has received a little bit of training to help guide you to the information you need. I'm also the um, DRC representative for Acadian, or the company we work for, (laughs) um, for Zone 2 for the state of Louisiana. So during uh, natural disasters, states of emergency, things like that, I'll actually go sit at GOSEP 
uh, which is the governor's office of homeland security and emergency preparedness and sit at a little desk and tell people we have ambulances i don't know when they'll get there but they'll get there <laughs> so so very versatile i wear many hats none of them forward <laughs> which is true too whenever i was clearing i was like i kind of leaned forward i was like hey man uh don't want to you know be offensive but why do you wear your hat backwards and you were like oh you know keep my hair in my face i'm like okay not my cup of tea but do you i work night shift i don't need the the sun blocking brim (laughs) but i want a hat to keep my hair away from you know other people's stuff fair so Remember that one lady who, she was a psychiatric patient. I think we were doing a 12 lead and she kind of like grabbed your leg. Which one? (laughs) Oh, oh, that wasn't the leg she grabbed. Yeah, yeah. She got restraints after that one. Well, I feel like she would have been the one like to reach up caress your hair exactly i've i've had it before they have done that it's very awkward <laughs> when you spend the next five minutes looking at their hands making sure you don't see anything on them and then you spend another 25 minutes standing in the bathroom of the hospital scrubbing your hair in the sink with cavity wipes <laughs> oh man oh yeah nasty people nasty people your hair Anyways. instantly will fall out with the purple top, dude. It's hard stuff. No. I'm 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 immune to that. I've been <laughs> bathing in it for 13 years. I'll be all right. I'll dude, be all right. I straight up raw dog those and I've had people be like, oh my god, that's gonna give you cancer. And I'm like, well, if that's how I go. We live in Cancer Alley of Louisiana. It's <laughs> going to give us cancer. <laughs> Existing gives us cancer. So Adam kind of touched on what we're going to talk about today, which is CISM. And like he spelled on the acronym, (laughs) not Craig's, which is critical incident stress management. And I've actually had a couple encounters with them, but um, you talked about what it is, your part in it, all that stuff. Why did you get into that? Because it's it's kind of a uh, it's heavy to receive the call or the contact of like, hey, this happened, blah blah blah. Um, how are you feeling? Do you want to talk about anything, et cetera, et cetera? But like, what made you want to get involved in that aspect of? Call? It is it is not something that everybody wants to do. Um, I feel it's something that I'm trying to make everybody part of, though. Um, A team is only as strong as the weakest link. But if you have everybody supporting you, you can do anything. So I had a terrible three-day weekend on top of a horrible, like, six-shift stint where I just had the worst nightmares um the calls that you know when the public asks you oh what's the worst thing you've ever seen it started at a and continued on 
And now it's I'm at the point where I could pick one. I don't know how, you know, pick one. They're all parable. Um, we've had this team in place and nobody called me. Nobody called to check up on me. Nobody asked me how I was doing. And I realized there's a hole in the gap. There's a gap. So I got in contact with our company rep. And I was like, hey, this happened. How can I help to prevent that from happening to anybody else? And so I got put through the training classes. Um, I got, uh, I don't want to say certified, but I got put on the team. And uh, believe it or not, the weekend that I started clearing you was my first weekend cleared as CSI, which came in handy Sunday night. Yeah. And from then, it's just been, hey, how can I help? And ultimately, that's the way I kind of perceive it. Um, we do have a few other members in our local area who come at it from different points of view. Um, I make jokes about them and whatnot, and not in a negative way, but one is a very, you know, lovey-dovey. Um, we have one who uh, will pray with you. You know, yeah. he's very religious. Um, so you get, if you want um, that kind of emotional support, he's there for you. Um, I kind of come at it from the opposite perspective. You're angry. You're upset. Let's go talk it out. Why are you angry? Uh, you want to scream? Cool, I got all day. Let's scream for a while. Um, oh, you smoke, you vape. Let's go around the corner where the cameras can't see us. You know, what can I do to bring you back down to earth? Um I don't want you to relive that incident. I want to help you get past that incident. What can we do while you're with me to build a support structure that's going to get you where you need to be? And that's how I kind of see what CSI, CISM um, is. Uh, it is building a support structure for yourself through your peers and or the available resources um, part of what I'm expected to do as well is guide people to our company's EAP, which is the Employee Assistance Program. And it's not just for mental health. They help with financial planning, uh, legal counseling, um, credit monitoring. Uh, oh, you want to buy a house? So, you know, we'll help you do a budget. There's so many things, great things that the EAP has to offer along with the mental health resources that being an EMS, we all know, adds up after a while and should have somebody to talk to. No, absolutely. And um, so I, I'll just be fully transparent. The agency that I worked at, and I say I grew up in EMS at, um, we didn't have anything like that. There was nothing in place. So for my first year-ish, I think it was two years in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about a year and a half, almost two years in. It was literally just like having these calls 
talking about it with your partner. I think maybe once a supervisor followed up, but I just thought like an EMS, like that's that. It's mm-hmm. part of the job. Like rub some dirt on it. Suck it up, but there's calls holding. <laughs> Cuomo needs to go home from dialysis. <clears throat> exactly. So um, like I had heard about it and stuff like that, but that Sunday night was the first time that like I ever had it like somebody actually reach out and contact me. Mm-hmm. Which it's it's helpful. I support it. Um recently with um like I told you off airing, whatever. Uh we me and my partner had, had that three day stint, kind of like you talked about with terrible calls that sometimes they 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 follow you a little bit whatever but um i i'm not gonna lie the cism guy reached out after those three calls whatever and then um the other thing that happened in our company just kind of like it was it was a lot and and it's not just i'll put this little plug in um I also just recently found out it's not just the calls, but like um, the event that occurred that I 100% believe shook, especially our area. Um, But I I think it was kind of overall, like there were people outside of our agency that was like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Whatever. It it brought a lot of people, I don't want to say to their knees, but it humbled a lot of people it reminded a lot of people of their uh, mortality um a lot of people especially in our area we have many brand new fresh high school graduates who just got their emt and i'm a superhero and i'm gonna save lives and when an incident like this happens it kind of reminds you yeah, we're in the business of saving lives, but who's there to save ours? And what happens when something happens to me? And I just got the gears turning and you kind of, I've noticed that there's kind of a culture shift currently going on in mm-hmm. our region where we're going from this like superhero, I'm a badass to, ooh, Maybe I don't need to turn the lights and sirens on to run to this, you know, sneezing momo <laughs> or um, ankle pain times three days. And I'm not trying to downplay anybody's emergency by any any standard. It's never an emergency for me, but it's always an emergency for the person calling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how can I help if I can't get there? And I think that's kind of what's going on in our area right now. And not just our area, but nationwide. Um, I've been in, like I said, been doing this since 2009. There's Facebook groups, Reddit groups, Twitter groups that I follow on the regular. And I'm starting to see that more and more where maybe we shouldn't do 110 miles an hour on the interstate. Maybe that red light's red for a reason, you know, hey, maybe my partner shouldn't be browsing Reddit, playing the new Monopoly Go, you know, by the way, she takes sponsors. Um, (laughs) Sitting in the front seat 
and helping to navigate. Yeah. Being more attentive to your surroundings. And it's a good thing. It sucks. It took an incident like this to bring about that culture change. But when you think about how many millions of miles we do a year, we've been outrunning the Reaper for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's terrible. Um, I've spoken to probably 70% of the employees in our region. Um, either directly through CSI or just in passing, hey, how are you? You know, hey, thanks for showing up today. You know, we are a private business. The wheels must keep turning. You know, I made sure, you know, to thank everybody within the first 72 hours of that incident. Thank you for coming to work. I appreciate it. We can't do this without you. That little bit goes a long way because everybody wants to be at home, curled up in a blanket, rocking in a corner because i know i wanted to i didn't want to come to work but things must happen things must get done Mm -hmm. um so we always have that thought process at the back of mind but then also seeing how interconnected everybody is you know um no, Venn diagrams are the circles, the little spider plots. If you were to put this one person at the center of that and see how each person was connected through this person and that person and that person and just following it through, um, it kind of makes you, it, it made me think, you know, um, how how do people perceive me? So I've kind of been doing my own little like inner thought process, whatever fancy term you want to call it. Um, Introspection. That's Mm, the one. Nice. Um, About what can I do better to help those? And honestly, it's just more, I don't want to say community involvement, but coworker involvement talking with them when I pass people at the hallway at the hospital or we're sitting on the wall checking in on them making sure they're okay relaying my reports to the appropriate people when I hear somebody's got some pretty difficult stuff going on at home hey have you heard about this great thing called the EAP shamelessly plugging the code green campaign mm-hmm. um for those that don't know the code green campaign is a nationwide um first responder network, um, mental health, where maybe you don't want to talk to somebody at your company. Maybe you don't want to talk to a medical professional um, or a psychiatric person in your area, but you want to talk to somebody who's been in your shoes. So I pass out that information. I'm sure she's going to give you the phone numbers and stuff (laughs) at the end, but it's a great resource, especially for those that are afraid or don't want to be judged by their local people, which is acceptable. Nobody wants to show their weakness. Yeah. Like I said, we all want to be at the superheroes, you know, capes flapping in the wind and the culture shift is starting to change a little bit where now people who 
I've known for years are coming up and going, I need help. And they're not afraid to ask. And that's kind of what the culture I want is we shouldn't be afraid to say, hey, I need help. Be it moving, tying a shoe, mental health, financial, whatever. If you come to me and say, I need help, I'm going to bend over backwards to find a way to help you. And that's what I'm there for. That's why I joined and um, have been pursuing this as hard as I have been. So I do want to ask, again, I fully support CISM. Um, Like we kind of touched on, it's not just after the hairy, scary calls that they call about, but um, like in that recent event, somebody reached out to me and they were like, hey, look, this happened. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. And the poor guy i uh i sent a long paragraph because it was just it was a lot all at once right and he was like i understand you know it's a lot blah 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 and then i later on was like hey man i'm sorry coach you didn't deserve that but it's it's a great program fully support it all that stuff however comma um i'll just be straightforward i'm one of those people that like it takes me a while to warm up to somebody, mm-hmm. let alone open up. Like the counselor I have right now, we're on. We're gonna go on session number two, and I'm already like, mm, I don't want to talk to you. Thank you, bye. Mm-hmm. So, what is the best or most appropriate way to decline the help offered by CS CISM? Like. In most scenarios, when it's activated, it's still very fresh, very fresh on the employee's mind. And it may not be the right time to try to process that. Like that Sunday night, the guy called me the next day and I'm like, yeah, man, um, I'm good. I don't I don't want to really relive this right now. It's right. also bringing up 50 other flashbacks. So I'm I'm straight. I'm good. So if you want to decline or if you want to. And that's okay. We're not part of our training is not to make you relive the trauma. Like I said, we want to know that you have a good support structure in place. Right. You know, we don't want you going home and I don't want to say drowning in a bottle of booze or, you know, some other vice, whatever you choose. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But everything is good in moderation. We just want to know that you have a support structure in place. So if you don't want to talk to the person when they call, you know, I always ask, hey, are you okay? Obviously, I know you're not okay, but that's my icebreaker. Followed by, how can I help? And if you don't want the help, Hey, I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm kind of still processing it on my own. Awesome. You're processing it. I'm proud of you. I'm going to check in on you in 24 to 36 hours via text message, phone call, email. Um, If you're still not good at that point, I think I'm going to push a little harder to get an idea of where you stand which level of one to five are you where one's like hey i'm i'm gonna call people come knock on your door 
and five being like you've already made your piece got your own support system set up things like that and i have that little weighted scale where if need be i can pull you off the truck i can call the supervisor and go hey look i've talked to this person they had this incident i don't feel they need to be at work right now they don't have a choice they need to come off we're going to go meet at the on office uh, at the headquarters. We're going to sit aside and we're going to figure out what we need to do to make them OK. So not wanting to talk about it is an option, but always be mindful. We have options as well. And we've all everybody on our local team has been doing this long enough. We can tell either by the tone of your voice, your facial expressions, your uh, physical body language. We know when you're lying because we've been through it. Mm -hmm. um, I think combined, we've got over almost 60 years of experience. Just our three well, we have a fourth who's part-time, but our three main CISM, me and the other two, 60 years of EMS experience. We know, and it's okay. The big thing, the big takeaway is not being ashamed, asking for help. And I think that's, once again, part of the culture change. People don't want to admit weakness. It's okay. I've got it. You've admitted. You, it took you a little longer to admit yeah. that we're not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Which is the big thing that, like I said, that's okay. Dancing in a circle. Because <laughs> right. it's okay not to be okay, which is okay. So... Do you want to touch on the what are the pros and cons? And what kind of I mean there cons of CS uh, CISM. I don't see a con. I see it as it's I don't it's not new. It's not new in the least bit. It's been around a while. Is there better, more appropriate ways to handle things? Oh hundred percent but it's also each person is different you can't have one set script that you follow you know telemarketers hi i think i'm calling you know about your extended car warranty <laughs> i kind of feel that way when i'm on the on call and i'm calling people to check on them and i'm like hey it's Adam, CISM, your local, you know, CSI rep. I want to know how you're doing today, checking in on you. It feels forced and pressured, and I don't like that. I like to keep it at the very low-key, personal, you know, hey, I know you're not okay. Is there anything I can do to help? And if they're like, no, I'm doing good, you know, great. And I leave it at that. Those that say... I'm not okay. Or you know what? I really could use a person to talk to. Cool. Do you want to talk to me? Or do you want somebody else to talk to? Because I can get somebody else. And they're like, no. I'm kind of shocked that they put you in this position. And 
<laughs> that would hurt my feelings. Tell me why. And what it boiled down to is the perception of others that those that don't know me follow the rumor. Um, listening to the peer pressure and whatnot, then those that get to know me go, wow, I'm an idiot for listening to them. Or, man, why would they jealousy or whatnot you know yeah. just um and i'm also the type of person i don't care i'll let you talk about me i know me i let my work speak for itself so it was a little weird but um following that bad script doesn't always work but then you get those that the only thing that's gonna work is the script because they've been in this for so long. They just want to go through the motion because then they feel better. Oh, I got CISM. I'm better now. I can go off to work and <laughs> off to work they go. And that's what works for them. Um, But it's still a relatively new and expanding concept. Because um, what? 30 years ago, there was no such thing as PTSD. It was whatever conflict at the time syndrome or, oh, you're just manic depressive. Here's a handful of pills. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, we're starting to realize, you know, now, what, 10 years ago, we had PTSD. Now we're getting CPTSD and all these extra letters added on that more narrowly define what's going on and as ems providers those that see the worst of the worst you know and it's not always traumas you know you've got your weird medical mm -hmm. um your normal patient who up until 20 minutes ago was completely fine but because they never take blood pressure medicine and they've always had hypertensive now they're bleeding in their brain and they discovered this while they were setting the table for family dinner. Yeah. So you have that. You have the parent that falls asleep while breastfeeding a child. You have the teenager whose dad worked extra overtime shifts to buy them the pretty blue sports car they wanted that you're now waiting for the fire department to pull out from around a tree. Um the 10 month old that learned to climb the side of the crib who's now twitching on the floor there's so much bad that we see that sometimes we forget the good mm -hmm. the moment who has a bit of a cough but doesn't have anybody else to call yeah and doesn't know so you sit there for 10 minutes and you pat her hand <laughs> and you ask her you know you get your hpi and you ask her, do you have any Sudafed? Do you have a cough drip? When was the last time you drank water? And just watching the glint and glimmer in her eye as you spend the 20 minutes. And dispatch is calling you for a status update. And you just reach over and turn the radio down. Because <laughs> you don't care. Because yeah. what that person needs right now is not a hospital. Mm -hmm. They need somebody to talk to. And a lot of people forget about the good because the bad is so big yeah 
But that little bit of joy, that little bit of good is so much bigger than any bad. And a lot of people forget about that. So that's another thing that, you know, I try to touch on. Tell me, tell me about your last little, you know, happy moment on the ambulance. And we'll talk about that. I've had people talk my ear off to the point. I'm like, how many phone calls did you get? How long were you on scene? You cooked them dinner? No, no. Yes. And I'm not upset. No, I mean, it's great, but. but... That's the way our culture is, though. Like, neglect the old and infirmed. Yeah. So when you have those moments, you got to cherish them. I had an old partner years ago that said, I don't let those I've lost weigh on my back. I wear them on my chest. He's like, they're badges. They're not weights. And it's kind of stuck for a very long time. Because if you carry everything on your back, eventually you're going to get the straw. But if you wear them as badges on your chest, all they are is memorials. So it's all in how, once again, you compartmentalize or you process. Look for the good. Yeah, unfortunately, Momo, who, or not Momo, but the mom who was setting the table for dinner, who didn't take her blood pressure medicine, who has now a massive brain bleed. Um, you get her to the hospital and they do the surgery. And we don't know the outcome. That's the other part of the trauma for us is you sit there and you do this and you do that. And, you know, you get the heart rate or you get the uh, blood pressure fixed or, you know, you intubate. And then you get to the hospital and boom, that's it. It's like watching a TV drama and cutting off in the middle of the episode right at the peak and not getting any closure. And that's something our QIC department is working on is getting us that closure in hand with CSI where, hey, you had this really you know traumatic call. That lady that was sitting at the table with the head bleed, you know, you intubated, you got her blood pressure and heart rate stabilized. She went to neurosurgery. They were able to relieve the aneurysm. They shunted her, blah, blah, blah. All that other stuff that happens afterwards. And they go, hey, great job. She's, you know, got a little deficit. You know, she repeats a word twice or two. She's got some short-term memory. She forgot Miss Johnson's third grade English class. It's okay. Nobody liked her anyways. Um. <laughs> But getting that closure also helps process the trauma that is EMS. Right. The 22 at the Lips podcast is designed to support, not replace the relationship that exists between a practitioner and his or her medical director. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host, guest, and not necessarily of Mastery Medics. The information provided during this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for your approved protocols.